Greetings ladies and gentlemen, today I'm happy to say that we continue our beloved biblical bible book tour. We are back on God's gospel train, now arriving at Isaiah's station. Listen to the Shakespeare of prophets tell of God's glory, grace and humiliation. The villain of the peace is Israel, rebellion, sin and suffering for all to see. Some call Isaiah the fifth evangelist, this brilliant book the fifth gospel be. With 66 chapters, Isaiah's volume is like a miniature Bible. Hear the word of the Lord describe a disobedient human cycle. To a backsliding divided nation and a godless unbelieving people. The prophet preachers inviting us to mount up upon the wings of an eagle. By this he means living a higher holy calling. To keep focused on Christ, his Holy Spirit to keep one from falling. The nation of Israel were like Ross and Rachel, revealing they are on a God break. But they couldn't even be honest with themselves, empty hearts all twisted and fake. Like pulling teeth, it's painful to see. A people laden with iniquity, ignoring God Almighty. No longer concealing the rot, sin is eating the nation away. Descending into chaos and mayhem, God's people, God betray. Loving the sound of their own voice while withdrawn and haughty. They grieve the Lord with hollow lip service, the wrong ways or godless and naughty. Yet Isaiah is a real prophet's prophet, telling his people that things are far from well at home, pointing faithfully to Christ the God-man, who heals sin-diseased empty heart syndrome. With much of this, the book of Isaiah has plenty more, unclean lips, burning coal and holy visions of God to explore. Its centrepiece is unrivaled in Christfield chapter 53. A prophetic perspective of Jesus, King of Kings for all to see. With dreams, visions and voices, Isaiah indicates the Lord is salvation. It's all aboard this Bible train with a God-seeking motivation. So hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth. Hear the drumbeats of doom for Israel who forgot their God worth. Chapter 1 is introducing God's rebellious, corrupted clan. Compared to a dumb ox who's showing more smarts than man. For ox and beast know their owner and the hand that feed. But Israel do not consider the living God, his holy word refuse to read. Much besotted by sin, a bunch of phonies with no self-restraint. This fickle nation's whole head is sick and their unfaithful heart does faint. Modern ring to the warning from solar foot unto the head. Wicked wombs and boastful bruises, corrupt inside now overspread. Soon to be overthrown by strangers, hear the perfect word of scripture. The whole problem is they are not God whole, sadly leaving Jesus out of the picture. With wombs are weeping, the Lord is sick of their untrue sacrifice. He's also full of their burnt offerings, the vain iniquity to be precise. If this was a movie, Israel says frankly Scarlet, I don't give a damn. They weary God again and again, their outward show is all a sham. Guilt's an awful burden, yet God says let's reason together. Though your sins be as hard scarlet, they shall be as snow, soft white weather. Flush red like crimson, laid long soaking in our sin. Though dipped by many backslidings, a new start is available to begin. It's talking grace and forgiveness to the faithful and the harlot. Jesus' merits cover wrong, his holy bloods are cleansing scarlet. Look on Israel's shame and like a mirror see our own. Onward look and travel now, the day of the Lord is sharply shown. With a land full of idols and the proud lofty looks of man. The defiant duck into the hills, from God's gaze into caves they ran. So with God-given scriptures and his beloved son, 
both are dismissed by modern man, openly spurned and shunned. Israel's a sophisticated generation that no longer wanted God, instead wanting the whole world to self, selfishly plod. Behold the judgment of the Lord, lesson in chapter 3, their tongues and doings against God, last day's perspective for all to see. Meanwhile the proud ladies of Zion think like Beyonce they run the roost, yet weak men and vain women tell a different story that false gods did seduce. Hands, bags and glad rags, or walk wanton, mincing and tinkling. The ear, nose and belly rings, these ladies are brazen in idle lingering. Like a skilful cameraman, Isaiah zooms in on their fate. No remedy found for their inner life, that was in a sorry state. Yet blessings under the Messiah, following chapter 4. It's the parable of a vineyard for us to now explore. What more could have been done? God's hedge and protection all around. Why are these worthless wild grapes so deaf to Bible sound? It's a creative and skillful story to make the audience think. So gospel preacher, please take note and do the same with your sermon ink. It's a shameful scandal that God's people behave in such a way. It's hard liquor early on and knocking it back throughout the day. With wine inflamed, working hard on their bartending skill. But they regard not the living Lord, God's word to them doesn't thrill. So for a lack of knowledge, into captivity they cut a rug. No more mixing fancy cocktails, God pulls their party plug. The son of God rejected, the vineyard owner they would kill. But God is love long suffering, his healing hand outstretched still. Sitting upon his throne is the Lord high and lifted up. Chapter 6 is Isaiah's vision, before divine glory he feels corrupt. Six wimp seraphim singing God's praises with covered faces. Three times holy the angelic attendants tell that mankind God embraces. Isaiah exclaims, woe is me, for I am thoroughly undone. In the presence of a holy God, he's got hung clean lips and good merits none. But what happens next, I hear you Bible ask. An angel takes a life coal from God's altar for a cleansing purifying task. So who needs chapstick? It's a burning coal upon Isaiah's contaminated lips. His iniquity is taken away and his sin covered with a Jesus eclipse. Next hearing the voice of the Lord asking whom shall I send? Isaiah rapidly responds, let me be your mouthpiece and friend. God says go and tell a people that decline to hear, that I pardon and purge sin, free forgiveness and salvation near. So struck down by holy vision and raised up in grace. Isaiah goes forward with God, running a faithful race. He's speaking of Christ. Today we can see what Isaiah saw. Witness the same majestic holiness, just open the Bible door. Next there's a king who refuses to receive an offered hallowed sign. Yet a token by God is given, Emmanuel, his holy bloodline. It's predicting God with us, born by a virgin birth. Both fully God and fully human. Jesus treading upon the earth. Yes, God's word made flesh, walking upon the water, H2O. He's both sinless sacrifice and high priest, speaking in gospel stereo. So chapter 8 loudly preaches, living men to seek the living Lord. Not to wizards or familiar spirits go, let these slight deceptions be ignored. To the law and the testimony, steadfast word of God cling and cleave. No contact with mediums who mutter and peep, from such take quick leave. Truly wheat and tares look alike to the untrained eye. 
consulting ghosts or foreign gods will only drain, not satisfy. For unto us a child is born, wonderful counsellor and prince of peace. In both the Old and New Testament find, Jesus bringing sweet release. Sadly, modern man has a lot of religion, yet little of Christ. So Isaiah suggests relying upon Jesus, the God-man sacrificed. Isaiah chapter 10 is dealing with Israel and the wider world. And the Lord of hosts is a target of blasphemous boasts being hurled. Rebuking much pride and reading man's declining doom. Unfaithful hearts wasting away like a decaying body in a tomb. Onward to chapter 11, spirit of wisdom, knowledge and understanding. Christ is the rally point, new ecosystem, gospel expanding. There's the bear going veggie, grazing with the cow. No longer is the wolf eating lamb chops, he's taken a vegan vow. No bad blood between the shy leopard and the curious goat. The lion and the calf consume straw, brilliant bible word I quote. Child guide and guardian leads them in the peaceful way. No more hurt or destroy experience, God's holy mountain is on display. It's the end of estrangement, no sharp fang or bloody claw. Drawing water out of gospel wells, harmony is the rule of law. Next is the doom of Babylon, hell ye at the day of the Lord. Its famous hanging gardens are brought low, all wickedness of pride is flawed. Exposed for the hollow thing that man's vanity is. Cosmic upheavals on the last day, nations bubble away in fizz. A change so great and not in a great way. Chapter 14 looking at Lucifer and why he went astray. Saying in his heart, I will ascend above God's holy throne, to infinity and beyond, no more Jesus, only Lucifer known. He's planning no more most high, Jesus discharged and dismissed. Lucifer taking eternal control and ruling with an iron fist. Yet how art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning, trying to do it your own way like Frank, to man a prideful warning. From the highest creature created to great disturber of peace. Isaiah tells of his five eye wills, puffed up Lucifer pressed release. The chapters that follow cover many ancient nations all empty and hollow. A message telling there is worse to come, a hard pill for them to swallow. Crying to their idols, false gods worthless good for nothing. Bible page wet with tears, Isaiah laments Moab's crushing. Thinking themselves too clever to be God wise, their false gods wore them out, then comes a blasphemous surprise. Forgotten the God of our salvation, not mindful of the Christ, too busy talking to the dead, communicating with poltergeist. So Isaiah's mouth in a memorable memo for the entire earth. In true diplomatic fashion, he's teaching man their God image worth. With the doom of Egypt, God smites in order to heal. Familiar spirits and wizards appear again, acting like it's no big deal. Worshipping bullfrog, scarab beetle, fish and bird. They believe they're playing with the big boys, the one true God's not heard. So Isaiah becomes a walking parable, chapter 20, like a coiled spring. Barefoot and a birthday suit, he's doing the nudest thing. Made a sign and a wonder for a three-year season. Forewarning of coming calamity, but God's people won't listen to reason. Babylon becomes a prison and a home, for Israel a hard ordeal. But the destroyer gets destroyed, God's working with wonderful zeal. The burden of Jerusalem, valley of vision in chapter 22. With little of God in them, they party hard and vomit spew. The treasurer takes the funds and constructs himself an epic grave, 
Yet unfaithful into captivity he goes with a sad goodbye wave. Hammering home the point like a sure peg in a wall. And your hopes upon a steadfast anchor. Bible word does mankind call. Like a Wall Street crash, wealth and pride do disintegrate. Chapter 24, Isaiah's Apocalypse, Sin and Judgment upon its plate. All that can be shaken will be truly shook. Desolate land and darkened sky, earthly rebels brought to book. The mellow moon shall be confounded and the blazing sun ashamed. When the glory of God so brilliant in Jesus is proclaimed. The kingdom of heaven is at hand, praise ye the Lord. Swallowing death up in victory, the Bible welcomes you aboard. The Almighty is our God, and we have waited for him. Being glad and rejoicing in salvation, the Bible is a mental gym. So the song continues, serenading sinners in chapter 26. God's keeping perfect peace in those minds upon him steadfastly fixed. So while others are sleeping, in Isaiah be God feeding. Let Holy Spirit within thee by biblical prayerful reading. A passion for God, more than a little smattering. It's talking communication with Christ, just a little friendly chattering. So it's a serpentine smackdown for older quarrel in chapter 27. Trumpet blasts, great gospel warrior, leviathan object lesson. The worst way to fall is backwards, especially after a drink. False priest and prophet are three sheets to the wind, causing another vomit stink. Seeing double they become blind, slosh, stumble and stray. Not learning Bible lessons, they ignore the straight narrow way. That way is Isaiah's precept upon precept, chapter 28, line upon line. Here a little, there a little, seeking God in Bible time. So with many strange works and many strange acts, both mockers and scoffers are asked to learn Bible facts. It's more doom and disaster arriving in chapter 29's invasion. It seems that previously ungodly attitudes have brought about this tragic occasion. Drawing near to God with mouth, but far from him in heart. Outstanding depths of hypocrisy, Israel nation falls apart. They take plenty of counsel, chapter 30, but leave Christ out. Rebellious people, lying children, law of the love they flout. With the prophet Isaiah they talk and say we've really had enough. No longer speak to us right things. Prophesies deceitful easy stuff. Smooth soft and silky things our arrogant ears want to hear. Holiness has become so unpalatable. Modern reality coming near. So hear a word near saying this is the way walk ye in it. That's God guiding in faith when we humbly submit. Yet Israel still don't seek the Lord. Let's hear no more of him. Instead trusting in Egypt and horses with a false prayer and a whim. Living a highly flammable lifestyle, pampered and very idle. Complacency and self-confidence with much self-entitle. Are we talking about the ancient or our modern days? Are we any better than Israel who continues in stubborn ways? Worshipping other gods, pretty provoking can anyone say? The heavens together rolled as a scroll, chapter 34, future doomsday. Looking for the blessed hope, scripture is a witness. Soon coming in the clouds to man, Jesus in holy quickness. Read Isaiah's weather report, showing some fiery time. Emmanuel's land not far off, a foolproof freeway gospel climb. Can you think of anything nicer, foretaste of that future age? So the faithful see clearly a living God, leaping off the Bible page. But back to Isaiah's story, disembarking at chapter 36. Invading King Sennacherib, 
arrives with an ungodly bag of tricks. He taunts, insults and brutally blasphemes because he sees that Israel is falling apart at the God seams. Hearken not to Hezekiah, he's leading you up the garden path. But us Bible readers know different, at his propaganda we laugh. Holding their peace, God's people answer him not at all. Isaiah tells Hezekiah that by a rumour this siege will fall. But before this happens, a profane letter is sent to cause God doubt. Hezekiah takes it in his stride and before God he spreads it out. Communicating with Christ, Hezekiah talks it all over, allowing God to answer the insult, bringing about a peaceful closure. Well, peace to his stubborn people, not so much to the godless invaders. The angel of the Lord smote the enemy camp, 185,000 killed, soldier dead, crusaders. So that rumour came to Sennacherib, returned home to Nineveh. It came to pass he's killed by his own son, that's some brilliant biblical cinema. It's all coughs and splutters, ill health and sickness in chapter 38. Hezekiah is told to put his house in order, death's coming and won't be late. With sad face to the emotionless wall, he's weeping sore and hard. Suddenly Isaiah arrives with Bible word, tells him to look in his backyard. God's heard thy prayer and seen thy tears, fifteen years added to thee. So see the shadow of a sundial go back, I God control the times you see. Isaiah next get practical, medical advice added to his skills. Take up a lump of figs and place upon the king's boil to cure him of his ills. Back on his feet, Hezekiah's enjoying life and good health. I wonder what's going to happen next. Maybe a story of showing wealth. Babylonian ambassadors arrive with posh presents and a letter. Perchance did Hezekiah lay this one out before God, who knows life situations better. Maybe if he had, the nation wouldn't face such a coming pickle. But instead a grand tour to the outside is given, showing them every diamond nickel. See faith against the heaviest blows, melt at the touch of flattery. Suddenly Isaiah arrives and gives the foolish king some biblical verbal battery. Hear the word of the Lord, foretell you king of what's now in store. All of your treasures and sons shall be carried away into captivity to Babylonian shore. But comfort supplies in chapter 40 for God's Bible believer. A voice crying in the wilderness word, giving us John the Baptist's fever. Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make your paths true and straight. Upon God's highway of holiness travel, in his presence refuel and hydrate. Yes, the grass dries out and the flower does fail, but the word of God stands sure forever, you can feel its touch like braille. In this present world even young people tire, sooner or later, but they that wait upon the Lord shall experience an eternal energy greater. Eagle wing expression inside, describing running and not being weary. This is Bible based God's promise true, not some man made godless theory. Next in an emergency, many folks try to hammer out a divine being, but lifeless idols, useless, won't ever manage to be man freeing. But behold God's servant in Isaiah chapter 42. The scales fall away from the eyes, revealing a view of Jesus for me and you. Turn away from false idols, wishy-washy, lukewarm living. Will sin ever become unfashionable, O mercy into unforgiving? Thankfully the answer is found in chapter 43. When you pass through the waters and fire, there is no need to take a knee. Accept in worship and praise to Redeemer who keeps you from all harm. 
Fear not, I am with you, a saviour who protects you from alarm. There's no Kevin MacLeod looking at houses in chapter 45, but see God's grand design. Out of a straitjacket of human logic, it's Cyrus the Anointed time to shine. From the rising of the sun to the setting of the same, there is none besides the Lord, Jesus God, man, holy name. To the ends of the earth, there is no other divine maker. God sent his son in his image to be sin's circuit breaker. Next, Babylon's back with a multitude of mischief, misery and mayhem. Chapter 47, great abundance of sorcerers and enchantment, God does now condemn. But Israel doesn't escape, putting on a good godless show. Chapter 48, stiff neck and brazen, they act like God they don't know. Newborn baby and mum metaphor, can they ever forget each other? Behold graven upon the palms of God's hands, his people for who he will suffer. The whole world is out here waiting to hear gospel truth, that Jesus says to the uttermost, become a biblical sleuth. God continues to call in chapter 50, but none will answer. Sin separating from the Lord, iniquity is like a relationship cancer. Biblical tongue learns how to sustain, uplifting words for the weary. If that is a hurdle, go to the Bible with faith and query. With the night far spent, the day is at hand. Deliverance is for anyone who will accept the gospel brand. How beautiful are the feet that bringeth good news. Chapter 52, public salvation and a walk in Jesus' shoes. His appearance so marred, besieged and bombarded more than any other man. Tortured, death and a crown of thorns, his reward for redemptive plan. With humiliation as deep as his exaltation was high, the natural man thinks it's foolish that on a cross Jesus God would die. No rushing now, because every part is worth savouring in Isaiah chapter 53. Talking about Jesus, suffering servant, who died so willingly. A report to believe, suffering as no one else has ever suffered. Despised and rejected of men, our faces from him we hid and covered. No beauty that we should desire him, his form pure but plain. Nothing special seen about the Son of God, Isaiah indicates a man mundane. A man of sorrows, and he's acquainted with our grief. Stricken, smitten, afflicted of God, yet he brings to humanity relief. Bruised for our iniquities and wounded for our transgressions. Yet read about the peace and healing he brings in these Bible sessions. A redemption story of wicked human hands and a willing perfect person. We like sheep have all gone astray, and to our own way we worsen. Yet by his stripes we are healed, in Jesus man and God reconciled. He was oppressed and afflicted, but remained wholly harmless and undefiled. The mountains are sooner depart than God's holy kindness. Why not build your faith in the Lamb of God and be cured of spiritual blindness? Isaiah says next, no weapon formed against thee shall prosper. The Bible outshines all modern entertainment, it deserves every award and Oscar. If you're thirsty inside, chapter 55 is right up your street. Without money, without price, come fill up freely on the gospel suite. It's an open message to everyone on the top side of the earth. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Experience a spiritual rebirth. Like moths to a flame, Isaiah is urging a return to the Lord. For God abundantly pardons. It's a biblical theme to be explored. More classic Bible verses come next. God filled they convey that the Lord's thoughts are not ours and his ways not our way.
Purer and higher, nothing in this universe can compare. Indeed, God is a one-size-fits-all and is ready for a believer to wear. If you need a reminder, God is giving peace to those far off and near. But the wicked are like a disturbed troubled sea, no rest for the insincere. Some are as cold as the north side of a tombstone in a chilly winter time. With sin so great and people not so, welcome to chapter 59. So look close upon Jesus, whom we pierce and offended. Then take a long hard look at ourselves, through scripture splendid. The whole wide world before us is just a global grave. It's time to put on the last day's armour, the bulletproof Bible crave. With the gospel dawning, be dazzled by Isaiah's chapter 60's vision. God's city of glory is lit up radiant by the one who is risen. There's good tidings of salvation to bind up the broken hearted. It receives a redemption facelift back to Eden beauty once started. God delights in his people much more than bricks and mortar. And the Bible's more up to date than any newspaper or reporter. Onward to chapter 63 and it's Jesus on the biblical phone. He's saying there were none with me. I trod the winepress alone. So God's people are still rebelling and vexing his Holy Spirit. In a world running wild, yet modern minds refuse to hear it. The next bit validates what's in store for the Jesus receiver. Neither ear or eye heard or seen what God has prepared for the believer. But unclean as an infectious leper, all our righteousness is a filthy rag. Yet by faith in the God man made free, no longer death's punching bag. God's working with us as the clay in the potter. He's allowing sin to play out, but he's the showstopper. It's amazing and awesome arriving in chapter 65. Trading in the old for the new, former fake things take a nosedive. No more crying or weeping, hurt, harm or human dispute. Bible believers will build their own homes and from their gardens eat salvation fruit. In eternal enjoyment, seeking God is his peculiar people's business. Christ is a centre of circumference with an unceasing study of forgiveness. The law of the jungle is gone and dust the serpent shall eat. No more hurt in God's holy mountain, for saith the Lord, biblical Isaiah tweet. Chapter 66 now, and it's the beginning of Isaiah's end. To the remotest parts of the human hearts, God's word does descend. Extending peace like a river, grace all over earthly map. From one Sabbath to another, turning on the worship tap. Explaining that everything in eternity will focus on our divine creator. Ever learning about God's word made flesh. Jesus, the sin terminator. So the last verse of Isaiah contains a serious suggestion. When Jesus says, I'll be back, don't be a person of rebellious congestion. The next time we meet like this, it's the biblical book of Jeremiah for me and you. But before we leave Isaiah behind, let's rewind and review. Oh, the brilliant book of Isaiah is like a tremendous biblical trampoline, taking you higher heights in the Lord with holy visions behind the scene. It's igniting the gospel candle, bringing light to every darkened mind. Experiencing Isaiah close encounters of the Jesus God mankind. Put your ear on Bible chest, hear Isaiah's heart for God beating. He's so on fire for holy word, become warmed with his Christ central heating. He's rattling more than a few cages, scripture talking can you hear. To those who have a form of godliness, yet are untrue and sincere. He's recommending a return to the Lord using sound biblical reasoning, being remade in God's image, covered with a pure Christ seasoning. 
reading about Isaiah's Israel, learning from their mistakes. No green screen needed to see that vineyard, unfaithful wild grapes. Sour and sharp, bitter and harsh, and God estranged. From fruit to unfruitful people, stood upon hearts that don't want to be changed. There's old people thinking they know best, and young people thinking they know better. But Isaiah vouches for the Bible holy God, and advises studying his Bible letter. Advising modern mankind to visit many good books, but to live in the Bible. Allowing Jesus to live in you, walking as a true disciple. Isaiah teaches that God doesn't call the qualified, but qualifies the called. Holy word and spirit sent, new hearts in people installed. Truly there's no education in the second kick of the mule. Before you use the Bible as a weapon, use it as a mirror tool. Because in God's presence, like Isaiah, we seize ourselves as we really are. Then find forgiveness and healing in Jesus. Welcome to this salvation seminar. Some have a mouthful of scripture and a heart full of hate. Could we be living in end day times? But Isaiah did debate. This biblical book's talking the great beyond and the great before. From ancient world to last day events, Isaiah's no Bible yawning bore. He's going the whole hog, discussing invasions, rebellions and even unclean swine. All while pointing to his biblical clock, asking do you realise the Jesus time? Offering a biblical blueprint of a God who calls and makes clean. So we end on this Isaiah question, are you for Jesus keen? Well the answer to this Isaiah question, I have no clue. I guess I will leave that up to you.